Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. I'm Robin Crane here with Leah Aronson. And Leah is the co-founder and COO of Horizon Labs. She's a former MA lawyer, merchants and acquisitions lawyer. And um, she actually, fun fact about Liat that I just learned is that she grew up in California and now has been living in Israel for the last 30 years. So welcome to the show, Liat. Thank you so much, Robin. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so glad to have you. So um, we want to really get into the blockchain. Why is this important? What is all this? Um, and why why is it important for financial advisors at this stage? Because it, it might be easy to ignore. Maybe they're RAA or their broker dealers not even even letting them invest, let alone let their clients. But I feel like you kind of have a crystal ball here. Like maybe you know what's coming because you're so involved. And obviously this is just speculation, but I'd love to hear about your background. Start with your background a little bit about you, and then we can jump into all this blockchain talk. Okay. So my background actually probably wouldn't lend itself to why I'm actually um, a CEO and uh, co-founder of a blockchain startup, but, um, but the, the dots do tend to connect. So I, um, I did somehow find myself in Israel after my undergraduate degree in economics at UC Berkeley. I did um, what was supposed to be a gap year and ended up uh, signing up for a JD MBA equivalent in Israel. I did a law degree at Tel Aviv University and an MBA. Um, and then I worked in mergers and acquisitions for six years, uh, got kind of um, a taste of what was at the time, this kind of timestamps my age, but the kind of the roaring uh, 2000s into the big crash. Um, I don't know, you can think about it like uh, really high valuations, not a lot of business model. Um, I don't know if that rings any kinds of bells, but certainly at the time that was uh, what happened. And, yeah. and then of course, uh, lived through the crash of it. I then um, did a big shift and ran an entrepreneurship program at um a small private university called IDC Hiltzalia, recently named to Reichman University. And it's um, and ran an entrepreneurship program that's funded by Sam Zell of Chicago, um, a big real estate uh, uh, entrepreneur who had the vision of trying to let students 
um, learn by doing and create startups. So I had a, that vantage point and got the opportunity to see startups kind of from, from, you know, the kind of the bits and bytes. Um, from there, I went to venture capital and spent two years investing in startups that were mostly Israeli startups um, on their way to the, to the U.S., so Series A, Series B. Um, after that, I became the CEO of a, a kind of a skyrocketing Israeli startup called Selena in the hospitality space, and that gave me a taste for operations. And so when... Um, I connected with my two co-founders and they were uh, looking for thinking strategically how to raise money and spin off from the Horizon public blockchain, which had already been existing in, for two years. Um, it was a natural fit. And what really excited about me uh, about it, I didn't really know very much about blockchain, but it's, it's the promise of blockchain in terms of the democratization and the decentralization that blockchain offers. So I think to kind of pivot back to your question, I think the big issue here is there are there are really two issues. One is cryptocurrency and what does that mean for a financial advisor? And the other one is blockchain technology. So on the one hand, they're obviously very connected and there's also a big difference. And so to kind of segue into what Horizon Labs does, we are a blockchain technology company. We're blockchain agnostic, although we are building on the Horizon public blockchain. And what we've helped the public blockchain do, uh, Zen Blockchain Foundation, is build out an SDK that allows for almost anyone to build their own blockchain and kind of use this distributed ledger technology for their own uh, uses in a way that is much more um, just kind of easier to deploy, has some economics behind it, some incentivization, and just much more scalable and secure. And all of those mumbo jumbo words that probably don't make a lot of sense for people out there in the real world. But what it really means is that there is this incredible technology that what it enables a lot of different people in different places to do is to kind of spread out and, and manage a lot of information in a decentralized way. So there are two issues really here. There's blockchain technology and where that can bring us. And, and I think from a um, from the perspective of, I do believe that that's going to be a technology break breakthrough, Web 3.0, the ability to, um, to have more open and democratic and decentralized uh, business models and, and not siloed internet. And also cryptocurrency, which is becoming um, a very viable asset class. I'm not saying this is the financial advisor, obviously, which I'm absolutely not, uh, but it is a thing. There are many institutional investors that are now looking more seriously and institutional players in the space. And I think it's an asset class that probably can't be ignored um, for your kind of constituency. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So there's a lot there. And I think if you're listening here and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, blockchain, cryptos, like I'm, I'm a little bit confused because I know when I first started to get into this and still like I only kind of understand it and I've been investing in cryptocurrencies for, for quite a while. But I think the if you can explain just a little bit, I guess, just to get them on, <laughs> like to make sure everybody's on the same page here. Blockchain, because you were talking about the difference kind of between blockchain and cryptos, and really it's like cryptos is a currency on the blockchain, but tell a little bit about how that could affect us and how you think that's going to be like the web. What does that mean exactly for like the web 3.0? Yeah, great. 
Great. So I think cryptocurrency is a use case. It's actually a very compelling use case for blockchain technology. But blockchain technology lends itself to any kind of situation where you want to have um, different groups of people uh, interact with um, with each other without having a like a trusted intermediary. So a perfect example for it is a secondary marketplace for really anything. It could be um, digital assets, concert tickets to cars. But if I want to sell something to you um, and I do it on Etsy, I have to trust the Etsy system and I have to trust that that, that operation is going to work. But there is a world where I don't need to trust Etsy to manage our relationship and I just trust you. And I trust you because there is a... Um, a kind of a layer of, um, we'll call it a um, a kind of a, a digital contract that is able to um, process information on my end, verify it on your end, and make sure that that transaction is actually viable based on whatever rules of that system work without having someone be um, that trusted lawyer, accountant, uh, middleman, et cetera. So there are a lot of different use cases for this. Um, I think we have a ways to go until it gets into um, complete proliferation. But I think some of those little um, kind of hints of where it's coming out are in places in that system. So a lot of our design partners at Horizon Labs um, building for the Horizon blockchain happen to be in that crypto space. So peer-to-peer -peer lenders that want to be able to prove to each other that actually with the money that was taken and the money that was invested earns the kind of interest that is um, said. So there are ways to be able to verify that on the blockchain that we're able to do because we connect two different things that are really interesting in blockchain. We're not only blockchain, we're also introducing a technology called zero knowledge, which uh, um, is enables privacy enhancing capability. So one of the challenges for blockchain and the reason that it probably hasn't become so widespread is that it's pseudo anonymous, but not completely It's pseudo anonymous. So you can kind of track numbers along the way. And what we're able to do is to hide some of the information so that people can feel more comfortable and use it for more business cases. And that's what actually our technology does. It enables um, uh, a broader usage because it, it involves privacy protection and also scale and security at the same time, which is one of the challenges. Wow. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So I have a question because obviously that's my job, right? That's some questions, but I do have a question in regards to the blockchain and crypto again. So if we take Ethereum, for example, and, and again, I, I've, I don't know that much, but I know enough to be dangerous. Um, but if we take Ethereum and we say, well, Ethereum is a technology, like when on the blockchain side, right? It's a technology, but of smart contracts. So that's the blockchain, but then it's also a cryptocurrency. So is it like, is it any any type of technology that's on the blockchain can now just be a currency? Like how, it's kind of a weird thing, right? I'm actually investing in the technology behind it, but then it 
also has a coin, so to speak, like in itself, like that is now a, a currency. So how does that connect? Because you can, it sounds like what's going to happen that maybe you anticipate happening is that there's all these ways to use the blockchain for technology, but it doesn't necessarily mean every blockchain used for technology is going to be also become a crypto. So how does it, how is it determined that the cryptos get, or like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how does it become a currency based on a technology, if that makes sense. Okay, so that, that's a great question. And I think um, the way they answer that is that, first of all, there's a wide spectrum. And I think, you know, Bitcoin is pure cryptocurrency. There is no other way to use that blockchain technology in that capacity. It's only transactions. I can send you money, you can send me money, you can send other people money. That's the only thing that we can do. Ethereum brought an amazing evolution to that where it's actually programmable. So on those transactions, we can also program some things. I think one of the uh, unique uses of our technology is we kind of bridge those two. So we're connecting um, a lot of the, the great stuff about Bitcoin, uh, which is mainly security and um, and the great thing about Ethereum, which is the programmable nature of it so that you can add more things. You can kind of make more meaningful and interesting transactions. So in blockchain, we've got a solution to the privacy issue. In Ethereum, we have a solution to the scalability issue. But back to your original question. So yes, any project can come out with a coin and put it out there. Dogecoin, like on that spectrum, Dogecoin is, you know, on one spectrum, it was a joke. It, it doesn't stand for any technology but it's out there and people can trade it. And if you believe in it, you can invest and not. And, and it kind of goes up and down, but there is no meaningful underlying asset uh, behind it. On the other hand, if you look at Bitcoin, it's already got, you know, many, 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 many uh, users. There's uh, ability to transact in it, um, probably the biggest ability out of all of them to transact it. And somewhere in that spectrum, uh, different projects lie. We are in a, top 100 rated uh, project. And one of the reasons is because we do have underlying technology and we have a promise of what this kind of next generation of blockchain technology can be. So, but I think back to your thing, blockchain only transactions, Ethereum programmable transactions, we're kind of a melting, melting pot of those both, trying to tap into the advantages of both. Okay, so let me make sure I understand and I'm not totally dense. So we have cryptos, which are basically we can have Bitcoin and Dogecoin, which have no underlying, I guess Bitcoin has a technology, right? But that's the blockchain. But, but like, are they both just cryptos, but not necessarily a technology? And then there's like... But I think um, uh, that's a nuanced way to put it. I, I wouldn't put Dogecoin and Bitcoin Don't ever say Dogecoin um, and Bitcoin together in the same sentence. You'll get so many people fighting. It'll be ridiculous. No, so there'll be yeah, a big fight in, um, in the world of, of, of box. But there's I, I just want to make sure it's clear because I, I mean, I even get confused. And like I said, I've been investing in, in cryptos for a while, but I'm kind of a little bit of a blind investor. But I, I kind of understand 
the gist, but it's like some of these, the cryptos, it's based on almost nothing, if you will, like Dogecoin started as a joke. And then now it's like a, a currency, but then some are based so much on the technology. And then I know like some are, you know, the smart contract thing. It's like, there's Ethereum, then there's uh, Cardano. And it's like, you know, they're competing, but they could both win, you know, because if they're, the technology is good enough, then the currency could be good enough. It's kind of like stock, right? If people believe in the company, whether the company's doing well or not, the stock can go up, right? So if people believe in Dogecoin and the currency, whether there's anything behind it or not, but if people believe in it, just like if they believed in freaking jelly beans to trade jelly beans or like je- the, the what is it called? The Jack and the Beanstalk. If you believe these are magic beans, you would trade them for cows and be able to get to climb up the magic beanstalk and get your gold, right? So it has to do similar to the stock, right? It's like, we believe it's going to work. We believe this, this company is going to eventually, if the company, we believe the company is going to do great. That's what the price is based on. But eventually if the company does really bad, most likely the stock's going to go down, right? So maybe you can equate that and just um, gear it towards. So, so we're not just talking about my confusion, but gear it towards how is this, this going to affect the financial industry, do you think? And what do you financial advisors need to know so that they can have these conversations because their clients are going to be asking if they haven't already, they're going to be talking. Yeah, about it. So it looks like, it looks like you completely nailed it. I think it's, um, you know, the, it's, it's a market that is probably, you know, it's obviously got some less regulation and it's younger, but it still has all the market dynamics of a stock market in the sense that people are, are kind of bidding on things because they believe in them or because so it could be Jack and the Beanstalk um, crypto and it could be something with an underlying technology that's really interesting. Um, I think the winners are going to be the ones that bring out um, something that has a technology technological base that is bringing out something in the ability of blockchain to make a change to the way that we interact on the internet. But the reality is, is that the cards are out on how that will be. And it's hard for me to imagine that there's only going to be one winner. I think it's kind of like there's a stock market and there are many solutions to kinds of things. I think different uh, companies that are doing great technological stuff are going to be uh, coming out with solutions for different things. And I think there is room for for many more than one of them. I think Bitcoin is going to stay a medium of exchange, but it doesn't have anything beyond that. I think that one layer um, of programmable blockchain, I think that's where it becomes really interesting on what that programming ability does. There's a lot of technology development that still needs to happen, but I think the winners are gonna be in that stock market um, world are going to be the ones that actually bring value. So, you know, a company GameStop can do really well for a while, but, but, you know, in the end, uh, the market equilibrium will correct itself. So same in the crypto world, it's just a little bit more volatile and a little bit younger. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then how do you think this is going to impact the financial industry and, and financial advisors and even conversations now, but also in the future? So I think long-term um, the cards are out, but I'm sure that blockchain technology is going to be a big player in, in all of our, um, kind of our, our, our world, even beyond economics. So from voting, from, um, management of pooled resources, secondary marketplaces, ability to, um, interact without intermediaries. I think this is going to have a big societal effect. But if we're talking in the short term, for sure, 
I think cryptocurrencies are, you know, are a very viable, again, not investment advice, but it's a viable asset class, certainly in the speculative um, sense, where you're looking at some very um, high returns, also a lot of volatility, but it's certainly an asset class that cannot be ignored. And the institutions are not ignoring it. So it's not just me saying that. Um, I think it's something to be looked at. Certainly, you know, uh, if you look at the top 100 coins, there are some very good market um, dynamics for a lot of those coins and a lot of technology and a lot of promise to what they're going to be doing under it. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So tell us just where they can find you or, or a little about who they would direct to Horizon Labs, because I don't think I'm going to go make a blockchain technology. <laughs> like, I have no clue. Like I wouldn't do it. But who is, is it more like investors go there or is it more like you're, you're actually, you know, companies are going to go there to create these technologies, but what, what would be, what should they be looking out for to know like why they would come to you or point someone in the direction to Horizon Labs or, or you? So- from a financial advisor, we do um, we do have a relationship with Grayscale, who has one of their um, few trusts. They've got a Horizon um, trust, which is a, a very seamless way to invest in crypto for financial advisors who don't have a lot of crypto experience. And of course, they have trusts um, for some of the other coins as well. Um, but that's definitely a way to get to us. Um, of course, reaching out, um, we there was a Fundstrat report on on us. So if anyone in the financial uh, world is following Fundstrat, uh, there was a Fundstrat report in a webinar where Rob Biglioni, our CEO, spoke about our technology and and what the company stands for. So that's another way to get information. I think between Grayscale and Fundstrat. That's a lot of kind of mainstream information. But of course, you can also reach out you know, to the website horizon.io or horizonlabs.io and get some information directly and then reach out to info at, and I'm sure we can give you um, some information. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is, I find this really interesting. And I think um, to some degree, I mean, and while we're recording this, I mean, the market basically, you know, had gone crazy up and then it could crash. I don't know why I'm having those notifications, but the the market went just skyrocketed up and then crashed and then now it's coming back. And I mean, it, it's a lot of people are talking about it, but and I think that brought back a lot of fear and, and then it's kind of regaining um, some uh, maybe maybe some I don't know. Some what's the word there, but like regaining some 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 like ability and kind of yeah, there there's definitely something going on. And I think um it's interesting to see to follow what um you know is this an alternative to gold? Is this an alternative to um to like inflationary? Is this it's still I think the cards are still out into where exactly crypto falls into this, but um it's definitely something that cannot be ignored. Absolutely. So make sure you, this is a great like way to start, especially because I'm, I'm confused enough to help everybody, uh, but to get to know a little bit about this because your, your clients are going to ask, they're going to want to know. Um, and knowing this is really important and also anticipating like what the world is going to look like and how that's going to affect you as a financial advisor. So Liat, thank you so much for joining me. It's so great to have you here. And those of you listening, we appreciate having you here as well. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. 
we guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone, whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.